Good morning, and we are joined at this time by State Representative Randy Fry, who, because of a schedule conflict, will not be able to join us Monday morning. So instead, uh, we're going to uh, hear from uh, Representative Fry on a Friday. Good morning to you, Randy. Good morning, Tom. And, of course, as always, uh, another busy week in the uh, General Assembly this week. And um, uh, what are some of the uh, bills that uh, jumped out at you as far as um, uh, voter feedback and things of that nature Mm. that uh, the legislature considered this week? Well, that's a good question, Tom. There are several, as you know, when we get down to the end here, um, the bills that uh, your listeners are mostly watching are coming back and they're you know they're being amended in the senate they're being amended in the house and so we have to reconcile those differences now in the last two weeks monday is the third reading deadline third reading deadline for the second half means any senate bill that hasn't passed the house or house bill that hasn't passed the senate will uh will be dead the bill itself some of the language still may be alive it may it may turn up in another bill so your listeners, if they're watching a particular bill and think, well, that one didn't get a hearing in the House or the Senate, it's dead, just be careful because that language could still uh, turn up. So um, with some of the bills that uh, we're watching, House Bill 1077, that's a bill that's been tried for a number of years. It's gone through the House a number of times and seems to run a foul in the Senate. And it's called constitutional carry. Um, your listeners are probably aware of constitutional carry where um, many believe that because of our constitutional right, you can carry a firearm without a permit. Um, a few years ago, we amended, the General Assembly amended the law to say that the permit was free, and um, but you still had to get it. So this bill takes it one step further, and it makes it where you don't have to have a permit to carry a firearm. That's pretty much how that bill left the House. But when it got to the Senate, it's been amended. Um, we're going to see exactly what that bill looks like. Um, Probably on Tuesday, they'll start coming back. We'll start talking about them. Um, and um, I, I'm aware it was amended. I don't have the amended uh, language in front of me. I just know that uh, bills like this, uh, when they leave the House, they have uh, a certain content. And when they come back, they may very well not have the same content. So that's what we're going to be doing this week is examining what was changed. And can we live with the changes? If you can live with the changes, that's called a concurrence. You say, I agree or I concur with what the other chamber did. And then the, the, you vote on it one more time in the House or the Senate, whichever is appropriate, and then it can go to the governor. If you dissent, and dissent means I don't like what they did, and there's a conference committee formed. And the conference committee is formed by members of the House and the Senate. Most committees, as you know, are either House committees or Senate committees, but a conference committee has a member of both the House and the Senate, both Republican and Democrat, and they try to come up with a solution to what would be the best language uh, in uh, in this bill or any bill that's in conference committee. So whether uh, 1077 constitutional carry is uh, concurred on or dissented, that's up to the author. And uh, we will see uh, how that one comes out. All right. And of course, also uh, House Bill 1134, uh, the education bill, which is something that's gotten a lot of play um, um, and of course, mm-hmm. that was understand that was amended in the Senate. And uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, I understand it was uh, it's about half now of what it was when it left the House. Um, this bill originated House Bill 1134 originated from a concern uh, that there were materials being taught in schools that were inappropriate uh, materials like um, pornography or uh, critical race theory. Um, 
There were restrictions on parents where they weren't able to find out what was the actual curriculum was being taught. They weren't able to be heard or weren't allowed uh, to talk in a uh, in a school board meeting. And so this bill came from those kind of concerns. When the bill came through the House, it was probably more aggressive than it needed to be in certain areas, and we knew it would be amended in the Senate. It was, and now we'll have to see what changes the Senate believed were appropriate to the bill. Uh, it'll, again, be back uh, starting on Tuesday. We'll start looking at those bills, trying to determine just what, if anything, uh, in that bill uh uh, is 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 appropriate or should something be added back in will it be dissented on probably will it go to conference committee most likely and then we'll have to see at that point just what uh, what the bill looks like so all of these bills uh, are uh, are going to be hotly debated as of course uh, throughout this next two weeks and the conference committees by the way are all available online you can watch them and so uh, as someone uh uh, has a conference committee report, your listeners could actually tune in and watch the proceedings. Yeah, and uh, one thing that jumped out was the fact that you had dozens of people speaking out in opposition of this uh, when the public uh, comment was taken. And, uh, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, where do you stand on that? Uh, you know, do you agree with a lot of that? Do you disagree? Well, I think you have to listen. You have to pay attention. I mean, the folks that are speaking out in a lot of cases are the teachers who are affected by this, as rightly so. Uh, but the parents also have to be listened to. So I think the balance is, do we find a, a place where we're not uh, causing a more difficult opportunity for a teacher to teach their students, but at the same time, uh, we're protecting the parents' rights to make sure they know what they're being taught to their, their child. So um, it, it's it's a fine line, and it takes a, a lot of work, and that's why it's taken both the House, the Senate, and now Conference Committee to try to come up with what's the best option here for um, uh, for the bill. Now, there there is also a possibility, Tom, that the bill will fail. Um, every bill doesn't make it. Um, when a bill makes it through both chambers and it can't make it through Conference Committee, it still dies. So we'll have to wait and see. We'll see what it what it actually comes back, and and if the House. Uh, likes it they'll concur and if they don't then they'll take it to conference committee and try to work out the differences and uh kind of uh, gazing in the crystal ball if you will uh, do you do you see it uh, coming out of uh, conference committee uh, with the necessary changes for it to advance or uh, you know where you're able to uh, protect that uh, fine line both the teacher's interest and also the parent's interest I would hope so. That's the goal is to try to make sure that whatever we do, we do it in a, in a way that uh, it, it enhances the education process, not impedes it. Nobody wants that. So I would say that we have a, a good chance of finding a bill that, uh, that we can work with, whether it can pass or not. Who knows? You know, Tom, what happens is you, you get a conference committee report agreed on between the conference committee members. They still have to take it back to the House and Senate floor. And once they're on the House and Senate floor, they may not pass. I've seen conference committee reports before that did not make it, even though the uh, conference committee agreed on the language, the full House and the full Senate didn't agree, and so they didn't pass. So a lot lot of opportunities here yet for the bills to be changed and amended, and then we'll have to wait and see what comes of it. And Randy, another high-profile uh, measure is House Bill uh, 1002, the the tax cut, and I understand that was amended in the Senate as well. It was, Tom. When that left the House, it, it uh, of course, has a taxpayer refund in it of 
$125 per Indiana taxpayer for their 2022 Indiana income tax. But it also had a 7% income tax cut, and, uh, and it eliminated the tax on uh, some of your utility bills, your electric bills. Well, uh, when it got to the Senate, the 7% was removed, and the uh, utility portion was removed. Uh, so we'll see now. It's going to have to come back, and I'm sure it'll go to conference committee, and then they'll have to determine exactly what, if any, of uh, those tax cuts can go back into the bill. I know uh, I heard this week that the governor does support some percentage of a tax cut. I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him, but I heard that. and I don't know if it's a, a up to a 7% or if it's something else. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, that bill will uh, certainly take us probably right down to the wire in the last day or so of, of conference committee until uh, when session is just about over. That's generally when that bill will, will finish up. Folks are pretty passionate one side or the other about that. and So we'll have to wait and see how it works out. All right, Randy. And a couple more bills that uh, were amended in the Senate, uh, House Bill 1001, protections uh, from vaccine mandates, and then also um, – 1004 uh, jail overcrowding. Well, 1001, as you remember, Tom, that, that thing was drafted back in December, well before session started, and it was to protect uh, those who did not want to take the vaccine for COVID. Uh, it, it protected businesses as well, and so it said you, you cannot be forced to take the vaccine in order to keep your job, for instance, but then also a, a business could continue to require testing to protect their workforce. Well, that bill has also been drastically uh, uh, altered in the Senate, and uh, we'll just have to see what comes back of House Bill 1001. The um, you know the, the constituents that I heard from wanted protection from the vaccine mandate, and they wanted the executive orders to end. Uh, this last week, we saw a great deal of those executive orders come to an end, where um, the schools no longer have to do contact tracing, and they no longer have to. Uh, suspend a student who's been exposed to the, the uh, coronavirus, whether they were vaccinated or not. Those are big parts of what the parents and, and citizens wanted. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we don't know if there'll be another strain of, of the, the virus. And maybe, uh, you know, in, in another six months, we'll be right back where we were in the past six months. So uh, I think people need to be protected. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. I know the Senate took a lot of that out, and we'll just have to wait and see uh, what we can get back in. And can of course, also uh, ten zero four. I believe that was your uh, your jail overcrowding bill, and that was amended. That so. is, Tom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was amended, but on this case, unlike those other bills, I uh, am going to concur on this bill. And concur again means that I agree with the changes the Senate made. There were a couple amendments that I actually put in in the Senate, which we needed, and then. A couple of amendments that the Senate added that uh, didn't uh, hurt the bill, help the bill. Uh, one of them uh, dealt with another bill that was amended into it. As I've said before, uh, bills can be combined in, in uh, committees sometimes. And, and a bill that deals with lifetime parole was amended into that bill. Um, that uh, amendment simply uh, clarified what the difference between lifetime parole and the parole that you and I are familiar with, where someone serves a portion of their sentence and they're paroled, a lifetime parolee would be someone who commits a, a serious crime like murder, and then they're when they're released, they're still on lifetime parole. That needed to be 
uh, clarified, and the Department of Corrections brought that to us, and uh, so I had no problem putting that in the bill, and uh, I intend to concur on it, uh, hopefully Tuesday, uh, if not even, it could be Monday, but uh, Monday or Tuesday, we'll concur on that legislation, and hopefully the, the House will vote it out. It passed the Senate uh, last week, 46 to 3, it passed the House 90 to 3, so I, I anticipate it'll have plenty of votes to get out of the House and go to the governor for his signature. So sometimes we, what happens in the Senate it makes bills better, um, and, and, and it may make some bills better based on their opinion. It's the House's opinion in this case, whether or not we like what they did. All of it has to be worked out in conference committee. All right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick time out and continue our conversation with State Representative Randy Fry right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our visit with State Representative Randy Fry. And uh, Randy, uh, with the uh, the legislature winding down, um, do you see uh, uh, possibly see an early end of the session by a day or two or maybe more? Yeah, very, very possible, Tom. Uh, we have to be done by the 15th of, uh, of March because this is the short session. The session is non-budget session. Uh, budget session goes to the end of April. So uh, absolutely, we uh, I see it probably no later than the 10th. It's possible it could be the 9th, but no later than the 10th. So um, that's uh, uh, when I anticipate, which is a week from Tuesday, a week from Wednesday. Um, what that means is that uh, if you are uh, the author of one of these bills that we've talked about, that there, there are differences of opinion, you have a deadline to get a common uh, agreement. If you don't get the agreement, clock runs out and the bills die. So uh, those are those are the kind of things that have to happen here in the next few days. And tensions get high and tempers get short. And uh, you know, folks are very passionate about the bills that they author. And so uh, we'll just have to wait and see again what those final bills look like and whether whether both the House and the Senate. Uh, can agree, or if they can't agree, then the, the bill just has to wait to another year. And earlier we talked about uh, House Bill uh, 1002, the the tax cut bill, for uh, lack of a better mm-hmm. term. And uh, do you see any other bills that would uh, possibly uh, take the session down to the wire? And uh, you have to uh, legislators have to play beat the clock. Well, practically every bill is going to be like that in the end. Now, Tom, uh, there are a number of bills that. Uh, that uh, could could be that way. Most of the ones that we've talked about today are uh, are bills that have uh, uh, a lot of con- a lot of focus on them. Many of the other bills uh, are uh, no, a lot of people aren't tracking them, so uh, they're they're important to somebody or a group of some people. Uh, there is one that your uh, listeners may uh, be interested in. This bill uh, was a bill that was heard yesterday. I have to look for the bill uh, number, but it was heard yesterday in the House, and the bill was actually amended 
to deal with the uh, cost of hunting license. Near, uh, many of the listeners have contacted me and uh, told me that uh, um, they were concerned, uh, and rightly so, that the cost of the hunting licenses had gone up so much. It's House Senate Bill 186, authored by, uh, sponsored by Representative Everhart. Um, it was amended to uh, work with Department of Natural Resources to uh, rein in these uh, uh, high increases in the hunting fees. Now, to be fair with the Department of Natural Resources, they hadn't raised their fees in many years. Uh, and when they raised them, they raised them partly to uh, uh, receive federal match money. And so the, that was the decision why that particular number was was decided on. But it was a very aggressive increase, and many of the legislators don't uh, believe that it was necessary to raise so much. And so um, that bill was amended yesterday, Senate Bill 186, to uh, cause the Department of Natural Resources and the General Assembly to work together with these increases. And anything else before we let you go today? Well, you know, Tom, everything in the General Assembly isn't isn't, uh, legislation. Uh, Sometimes we have uh, opportunity to honor uh, our heroes. And this past week, we had 50-year members of the Indiana Volunteer Fire Service join us. Um, they were celebrating their 50th year of service to our communities. And we're surrounded at the Batesville area with volunteer fire departments. And um, we've uh, relied on them for years and years and years. And so it's such an honor for me to uh, host these volunteer firefighters with 50 years of service at the State House. We met with Governor Holcomb and got a chance to visit with him, get a picture with him. And I had them on the House floor and uh, have a resolution in their honor that uh, uh, Senator Kreider had in the Senate and also honored them over there. Um, this is the best part of the job when you get to honor the, our heroes. And then we also had FFA students at the State House this week. And, you know, FFA is a great program in our schools. And when these young people come to the State House, they're just a delight. They, they are. They're just a delight to be around. And and so uh, they brighten your day. We're, when it gets down to the end of session and things are fast-paced and the emotions are high, and you see these wonderful young people with these brilliant smiles, and it just makes it all, brings it all back into perspective. So um, delighted to have them. I have several pages each week, which I just love my pages. And uh, next year, maybe if your listeners are listening, they have a, a young person in high school, love to have a page for me. Uh, we just love our pages. So anyway, that that's another aspect of the General Assembly maybe your listeners don't see. Yeah, indeed. Uh, what, rather appropriate well, with uh, this being FFA week uh, wrapping up. So, uh, 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 yes. And then uh, as far as uh, if anybody has any uh, uh, questions or anything like that, comments, uh, how can you be reached? They can always reach me with my cell, 317-512-0128. If I can't answer, send me a text, and I'll get back with you as soon as I can. It's a really busy uh, time right now at the end of session, but I'll get right back to you if I can. Okay. So, again, uh, once again, that number, Randy? 317-512-0128. All right. Well, State Representative Randy Fry, we appreciate you joining us on this uh, Friday morning. Um, All the best to you, and uh, good luck as the uh, session starts to wind down. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that.